0: You're listening to the Mess and Mercy Podcast with Katie Sanders, where you'll be inspired to grow in your walk with Jesus and live out your God purpose life by faith and obedience. Now, here's your host, Katie Sanders. I have a word um, I could I'd love to tell y'all how I arrived here, but um, I'll try to make it um, short so I can get to the scripture. But before, I just want um, to pray with you guys. I know I usually pray after, and if we're being honest, I probably will. But, dear Heavenly Father, I just pray that you would convict our hearts or that you would have them open to receive this word um, and that we would respond to it, God, and that we would remember it and apply it and that we can be honest to ourselves, Lord, for it. These things I ask in your name. Amen. I've been reading in Genesis for a long time. Um, the Lord told me to move on to Exodus and I've been stuck in this, these two little snippets of scripture for days now and all day today I was like I got to get over there I've got to give this word I've got to get over there I've got to get this word and all of the phone calls that I took today was like oh gosh I've got to get over there I have got to give this word and the Lord is just pounding on me this place in scripture and I open it just now um Cause I was going to bring it to you guys and I shouldn't be surprised that this too is directly related to, um, the Mount of God. Um, just like it is where the burning bush is in Exodus and God is just so, so purposeful, um, I'm going to read you this place in Exodus and then I'm going to jump right into this other scripture and then we'll talk about it. It says, And the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire out of the midst of a bush. And he looked, and behold, the bush was burning, yet it was not consumed. And Moses said, I will turn aside to see this great sight, why the bush is not burned. God starts to speak to Moses after this, and it says that... He has seen all of the oppression that has gone on with Israel and the Egyptians, and um, he tells Moses, "Come, I will send you to Pharaoh that you may bring out my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt." But God, but Moses said to God, "Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the children out of Israel, uh, children of Israel out of Egypt?" And He said, "But I will be with you, and this shall be the sign for you that I have sent you." When you brought the people out of Egypt, you shall serve God on this mountain. And this mountain that he is on is the Mount of Horeb. God kept carrying me to the last place that I read to my mom before she died. It is a place in First Kings, and it starts... In chapter 18 and goes on to chapter 19. And 19 is really where she and I um, spent some time just really quick. My mom had been sober for years. <laughs> and right before my son's birthday, we had a birthday party for him at my house. And she showed up not sober um, for the first time in seven years. And a few days after that, um, I was trying to explain to her this place in the Bible with Elijah after I walked her through what I'm fixing to walk you through. And I was like, Mom, I know what you feel like now but there's something on the other side of this for you. And God took me back here tonight, and it picks up in the very same setting. And like I said, I shouldn't be surprised that God does things like that because He's God, but I swear it blows me away every time. And so this is probably... For me, one of the biggest displays of God's intentionality and His sovereignty and His power and might and faithfulness, like it's one of my favorite places in the Bible because I've had moments like this and then I've had moments just like Elijah did immediately following that. And so right now... Elijah and King Ahab are going back and forth about whose God is the biggest. Is it Baal or is it God? And they kind of strike a deal. And it says, You go call upon the name of your God, and I'll go call upon the name of the Lord. And the God who answers by fire, he is God. And all of the people answered, it is well spoken. And then Elijah said to the prophets of Baal, Choose yourselves one one bull and prepare it first, for you are many, and call upon the name of your God, but put no fire to it. And they took the bull that was given to them, and they prepared it, and they called upon the name of Baal from morning until noon, saying, O Baal, answer us. But there was no voice, and no one answered. And they limped around the altar that they had made. And at noon, Elijah started to mock them, saying, Cry aloud, for he is God. Either he is musing, or he's relieving himself, or he's on a journey, or perhaps he's asleep and must be awakened. And they cried aloud, and they cut themselves after their customs with swords and lances until the blood gushed out of them. And as midday passed, they raved on until the time of the offering of the oblation. But there was no voice. No one answered and no one paid attention. Then Elijah said to all the people, come near to me. And all of the people came near to him and he repaired the altar of the Lord that had been thrown down. Elijah took 12 stones according to the number of tribes of the son of Jacob, to whom the word of the Lord came, saying, Israel shall be your name. And the stones he built an altar in the name of the Lord. He made a trench about the altar, as great as would contain two seas of wood. And he put the wood in order and cut the bull into pieces and laid it on the wood." And he said, fill four jars with water and pour it on the burnt offering on the wood. And he said, do it a second time. And they did it a second time. And he said, do it a third. And they did it a third. And the water ran around the altar and filled the trench also with water. And at the time of the offering, Elijah the prophet came near and said, oh, God, God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, let it be known on this day that you are the God in Israel and that I am your servant and that I have done all of these things at your word. Answer me, O Lord. Answer me that this people may know that you are the Lord your God and that you have turned their hearts back. Then the fire of the Lord fell and consumed the burnt offering and the wood and the stones and the dust and licked up the water that was in the trench." And when all of the people saw it they fell on their faces and said the Lord he is God the Lord he is God Wow um not only did God bring fire down on the sacrifice, but it was saturated in water. Elijah wanted absolutely no doubt that this was 100% God. Undoubtable, no denying, full display of God's power, and he soaked up all of the water, even around the trenches of the sacrifice. And the very next day... (laughs) They told him that Jezebel was after him, and he asked that he might die, saying, It is enough now, O Lord. Take away my life. And God provided for him there, and he provided again. And it says... And he arose and ate and drank, and went in the strength of that food for forty days and forty nights to Horeb, the mount of God. And God told him, Go out and stand on the mount before the Lord. And behold, behold the Lord passed by, and a great strong wind broke into pieces in the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earth, earthquake, a fire, but the Lord was not in a fire. And after the fire, a sound of a low whisper. And when Elijah heard it, he wrapped his face in his cloak, and he went out and stood at the entrance of the cave. And behold, there came a voice to him. All right, let's go back. the burning bush it says an angel of the lord came to moses and moses said i've got to check this out and then he looked at the bush he didn't search for the angel he didn't search for the word of the lord he looked at the bush he looked at what was on fire what was burning And I think so many times in our life, we have the things that we need to get through the hard times on those days where we want to say, God, I know you just showed up. God, I know that this is the valley, God, and there are different things to come that are ahead of me, that you've promised me good things, prosperous things, things that are meant for your glory, God, but I've had enough. And all we can see is what's on fire. All we can see are the circumstances when God has given us a word that is breathed out and is meant to carry us through. And we just don't look. We are interested in other things. We are amazed by other things. We want to be entertained by other things. We want signs. Just like Elijah said, I'll show you how big my God is. We want to say, hey, God, show up, drink the water, take the sacrifice. God, meet me here. And God told Moses, you will know that I have called you to this. You will know that this was my word and this is what I intended for you to do after you have brought the people out of Egypt. After You have taken them out of Egypt, and when you are standing on this mountain to worship me, the mountain of Horeb, might I add, you will know that I sent you. How many times does God put this exceedingly big thing in front of us that terrifies us, and we are like, God, no. Moses said they won't listen. God, I can't. God, sends somebody else. And God still used Moses, still sent Moses, was still faithful to Moses, to Moses' mission, no matter how many times Moses questioned God or his authority. But sometimes the confirmation comes after faith. Sometimes the confirmation comes after faith, and it's when you are standing on the other side, when you get to the mountaintop. And there are so many things. <laughs> My husband, we were talking about this the other night, and he's like, where, where do you think our lives, what do you think they'll look like in 20 years? I was like, I have no idea. Like, Things have changed so much for us in such a short amount of time. I can't imagine what God will do, what He's calling us to or through or both. And I said, but I can tell you that when we look back, we'll see Him in everything. And He agreed, when we look backwards, we can see every single intentional little molecular move that God has allowed us to walk through. And we're so grateful for those things. When we go to that scripture, how much more, how much better does God know? When we say, it is enough, now, oh Lord, take away my life. One person. One person in this story, after that huge, huge display of faith, one person let that massive victory feel like a just disabling defeat. And sometimes... God shows up in our lives and He drinks the water every single drop from the, the trenches. And He lets the people know right there that I am with you, I am for you, and I am God. I am God. He is God, the God of Israel. And sometimes He is not in the earthquakes or the fires or the bushes, He is in the still small. Whispers, asking us quietly, not begging us, not pushing us, not pressuring us to move forward. And after the earthquake, a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, a sound of a low whisper. And when Elijah heard it, he wrapped his face in his cloak, and he went out and he stood on the entrance of the cave. Go out and stand on the mount before the Lord. Go out. The call does not change. The command does not change. The expectation does not change. And we do not look at the bush. We look to the Lord. We do not look to our circumstances. We look to... Lord, but do we? Do we look towards the Lord, or do we get so caught up in the fires around us that we cannot see the mission before us? And if we do see the mission, do we also need to see the confirmation before we're obedient? What does God owe us? than for us to just obey. I will be with you, and this shall be the sign for you that I have sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you Shall serve God on this mountain. Go out and stand on the mount before the Lord. And he went 40 days and 40 nights to Horeb, the mount of God. Your heavenly Father. I pray that we hear your voice in the spectacular moments, God, that we praise you on the mountain and that we glorify you when you lick up every ounce of water, God. But in the days where there is no water, when there feels like there is no hope and everything is on fire, God, that we would still listen to your voice in the wind, that we would not be swayed or distracted, By the things that pique our interest, God, but that we would stay focused and not compromised on the mission and on who you have called us to be and the places that you have called us to stand in. God, I pray that we go out and we stand on the foundation that you have so freely provided and offered us, God, if we should just accept it. I pray that our hearts are convicted. That we would be honest with ourselves for the things that we actually look at when you call our names. For how distracting our circumstances are. The noise around us is, God. And that we would respond. God, that we would not just recognize it, but we would be called to it. That we would be broken by it. And that we would be rebuilt on the foundation that you are God and you are who you say you are. And we can have faith and we can step forward without that confirmation, God, because you are a God of promise. These things we ask in your name. Amen. Love y'all. If you were encouraged by today's message, hit subscribe and meet us here again. Or head on over to Katie's website, messandmercy.com, to find more encouragement like free devotionals, Bible studies, and the blog. Thank you for tuning in to the Mess and Mercy podcast. We hope to see you again.